from Diego Suarez at the northern tip of Madagascar, a young star of Salegi music. Jax, kicking off another edition of Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International, with your host, Georges Collinet. As you might have guessed, this is not your grandmother's Salegi. It's a driving new sound coming from northern towns like Diego Suarez, beautiful place. The sound they call Saleg Guma. Saleg Guma, Saleg Guma, c'est le Saleg qui font les gens hors des villes. Jack says Guma is the Salegi of the city. The tempo is fast, like older forms of Salegi. Music is based on traditional drumming patterns, but played here at the speed of 21st century urban youth. On today's program, we'll meet Jax and other new stars of Salegi and dig deep into the mysteries of the genre's history with the legendary band leader Jojo, among others. We'll also travel to Diego Suarez to take the pulse of its music scene and visit an unusual music school where Salegi is part of the curriculum. In Diego, we'll also visit with Hajaz, one of the most innovative guitarists in Madagascar. All that and more on this hip-deep edition of Afropop Worldwide. Madagascar, Songs of the North. These days, young artists in Madagascar rarely release CDs. Video is everything. The tracks we're hearing come from Jack's debut DVD, with 10 videos shot in and around Diego Suarez. Jax is just 24, and you might say he comes from Salegi royalty. His father's cousin was Dr. JB, leader of the pioneering band, the Jaguars. And JB's son, Jack's cousin, is Wawa, probably the biggest Salegi star on the scene today. Jack says he grew up surrounded by music and musicians. His cousin sang, played drums and keyboards. And from day one, it was music, music, music. When he got to the studio himself, Jax knew he had to reach his young peers. And that means driving the Salegi beat to breakneck speed. But you have to be careful, says Jax. If the tempo gets too fast, people won't understand the message. The most important thing. Jax says his messages are especially aimed at young lovers. Men and women should know how to speak with one another and how to live together. But I have to tell you, from what we saw, Salegi Guma was less about messages and more about rhythm, especially when it comes time for the audience to join in with the rhythmic clapping known as Rombo. I tell you, you haven't lived until you've danced across a floor filled with ecstatic kids clapping out rumble. All right, let's keep the Saligi rolling with an early hit from one of the genre's top stars, Wawa. <laughs> Wow. 
Major support for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the National Endowment for the Arts. All right. Time to dig into the roots of Salegi. We start in the capital, Antananarive, with our old buddy, band leader and now club owner, Euseb Jojobi. We are on the roof of Joe's Pub, our club in Antananarivu, Ambuipu, where I live. We perform here every Saturday night. Jojo and the family, uh, yeah, me and my kids, my wives, <laughs> my friends. <laughs> Jojobi took us back to his youth in a village in the northeast of the island. Before there was Salegi, rural people made music with local instruments, maruvan, drums, and voices. Dans les villages, là où il n'y a pas l'électricité. Terjobi says the songs people sang in the villages, with just hand-clapped percussion, are the basis of what became Salegi. Later on, Western instruments arrived, guitar, organ, especially the accordion. That's when the sound we know today as Salegi was born. C'est le nom d'une danse, Salig, et bien sûr, comme on danse sur de la musique. Pierre Joby says Salig was the name of both a music and a dance. There were elements from the local Sakalav and Tsimieti people, but the music was modern. And the lyrics? Ça parle de tout et de rien. Là, ça parle d'un homme. Jojobi says, songs talk about everything and nothing. He's recalling one song that celebrates a jaunty fellow wearing a red pullover. Traditional songs don't have big ideas, says Jojobi. But they always talk about love. Love between a man and a woman, brothers and sisters, parents and children, people and their God. But nowadays, Salegi songs take on more serious subjects. Poverty, wars, sexually transmitted diseases, and a subject close to Jojobi's heart, the destruction of the rainforest. This recent Jojobi song addresses the president of Madagascar directly, asking him what he's doing to protect the island's environment and resources. It's a matter of money, mafia, you know, there is a lot of corruption. When we cut woods to cook or to build our house, I think it is okay. But when we cut our trees, and we export it to Asia, to China, or to Europe, or to America. You know, it's very dangerous. Those countries, they are rich, you know, they can't buy our wood. Rosewood is one of the most valuable commodities, and ironically, a lot of it goes to make uh, guitars. 
we have a Gibson. No? <laughs> uh, okay, that's another story. <laughs> okay, coming back to the music. Jojovi demonstrated the essential beat of Salegi, which you can hear in either 4-4 or 6-8 time. He's counting in French, but you'll get the idea. 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4. Mais comme tu entends là, ce n'est pas carré là. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Jojovi says this rhythm is the basis of all the modern dance styles of the Malagasy North. Salegi, Malesa, Sigoma, even Sega music from Ile de la Réunion. He told us about a special feature of Salegi music called Gigi. We, Malagasy musicians, sometimes, you know, we make a joke. We say that American rap comes from the Gigi in Madagascar when our singer just speak over the beat. Man, do you want to talk to you? Do you want to talk to you? Do you want to talk to you? It is called Gigi, but we can call it nowadays rap. Well, we'll leave the roots of rap question for another day. Salegi is quite enough to handle because it turns out everyone we asked about the story of this music had a slightly different answer. Comme tu vois le Salegi, on ne voit plus le vrai Salegi avec le vrai danse. Sami of Tarika Sami was not the only one to tell us that Salegi has changed. For him, the dancing in particular has become a little bit too risqué. It's lost the gentle reserve of the original. We visited band leader and now politician Rossi in his studio, and he had an explanation for this. There are two kinds of Saleg. A Saleg from Tana. The Saleg from Tana comes from a woman who is called Mama Tsara, and she's from the East Coast. They play accordion, the big accordion, like the Sega in the Arunion, come from this kind of Saleg. Rossi is referring to Vulusara, the woman some say created Salegi. We are hearing one of her most famous songs, Le Dama, performed by Salegi artist Legu. <laughs> Hip-deep ethnomusicologist Victor Randianari interviewed Vulusara about all this. She denied being the creator of the Salegi genre, but she confirmed Rossi and Sami's basic point. The rhythm existed in other parts of Madagascar and was transformed into Salegi by musicians up north. The north take the Salegi and create their own Salegi more speed. Just tick, 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 tick. But what about the word itself? Salegi? It's come from the east coast, but it means nothing. We call it Angel Langage, Langage des Anges. Langage des Anges, language of the angels. I like that. Like chubidubidua, saleg, it's not a Malagasy word. This word we say, kids invent this kind of language. Amina, Amina, Tia Kole, Aleziba, Salegi. It means absolutely nothing. But you can ask every kid in Madagascar, they know this. Okay, time to head north ourselves. Our destination is Diego Suarez, Antiranan to the locals. The moment we hit town, we could feel a different energy from Tana. We could smell the sea, and life felt slower, more relaxed. 
On our first night in Diego, we chanced upon Vagno Cabossi, a local folk group playing at a little night spot called Libertalia. Here's our hip-deep historian, Pierre Larson, with a little background on the north of Madagascar. The far north lies at the uh, conjunction of several cultural influences. It's close to the East African coast, so there is a history of trade and diplomatic interaction with Swahili people of the uh, East African coast and the Comoros. There was the Ankarna kingdom in the 19th century. It was a relatively small kingdom, uh, but had a uh, well-defined set of rituals and a conflictual relationship with Antananarivo. And then during the 20th century, when Madagascar was a colony, Diego Suarez was an important military base and naval base for the French. So there's a very strong French influence, particularly a lot of sailors coming in and out. One thing you hear a lot about Salegi is that its 6-8 rhythm shows a strong African influence. Pierre Larson talks about trade with the East African coast. Well, part of that trade involved human lives. There was a slave trade in both directions across the uh, Mozambique Channel. On the basic principle of that, a captive becomes valuable as a slave the further they are taken away from their homes and the point of capture. So Malagasy were taken as slaves up the East African coast, and East African captives were traded to Madagascar during the 19th century in quite significant numbers. In Madagascar, they were called Masumbika. Well, slavery is a sensitive subject in Madagascar. There are even laws against talking about it in certain contexts, and that makes the whole question of where ancestral rhythms and cultural ideas came from difficult to clarify. But it's interesting, on the contemporary scene, we now find artists who are proudly asserting their connections to blackness, Africa, and by association, the slave trade. One such artist is Rossi. Another is the hugely popular Black Nadia. Bonjour, bonsoir, bonjour, bonsoir. Black Nadia. And by the way, watch for an upcoming podcast on the Malagasy diaspora in the United States. A surprising and fascinating story told by Professor of Africana Studies Wendy Wilson Fall, herself a descendant of Malagasy Americans. There are many fascinating stories in the north of Madagascar. Here's a famous one. Before they were European settlers, legionnaires, archaeologists, Salegi players, and tourists, this land was a land of pirates, many of them from Europe and America. Well, the history of European pirates around Madagascar is really a history of the late 17th century and the early 18th century. This was a time at which security in the Caribbean was increased where pirates had been operating. And many of them actually decamped for Madagascar. One attraction was that European navies had little presence in the Indian Ocean, and there was a lot of commerce to prey upon. The commerce of Indian merchants, for example, 
particularly between Arabia and uh, India. But then there were also the ships of the various European East India companies that were coming into and out of the Indian Ocean. Many of them were carrying silver, sometimes gold. A lot of European ships had to pass relatively close by Madagascar. So whether they were taking the inside passage through the Mozambique Channel or the outside passage around the eastern side, European ships coming into and out of the Indian Ocean tended to navigate fairly close to Madagascar. That made them easy prey for buccaneers. And there was plenty of marine commerce up north as well. Pierre Larsen calls northern Madagascar a happy midway station for pirates. The west coast of Madagascar is well provisioned with bays of various kinds, so it is fairly easy to escape in there. Some of those bays have reefs around them, and so the pirates got to know the system of reefs and how to get in and out. That was a very significant deterrent from anyone who might pursue them. Diego Suarez itself is a rare deep-water harbor with strategic access to the Indian Ocean, and that harbor figures into the story of Salegi. In the lead-up to World War II, the French had built a modern port at Diego. And when France succumbed to Germany in 1940, Diego became a target for the British. Benninger picks up the story. The first person we met in Diego was 78-year-old professor, poet, composer, mathematician, and amateur historian Zana Bahuaca Victor. Bahuaca was just eight years old when a massive British air and sea assault descended on Diego Suarez one morning in May 1942. On sont venus attaquer, oui, pour défendre de Madagascar. Que Madagascar ne soit pas mise en main des Japonais et des Allemands. The British were determined not to let this crucial port fall to the Germans or the Japanese. The Battle of Diego Suarez lasted just 24 hours, and Bahuaca saw it all. In fact, he was wounded in the leg by shrapnel. He still has the scar to show and still shudders at the memory. Ah oui, vous voyez, il y a tous les morts à part de là vers le, le à droite par là-bas, ce sont les morts de la guerre. Et à, à côté, il y a le, le cimetière anglais, on peut voir ça. Bahuaca showed us two cemeteries where French and British soldiers, along with their African conscripts, are buried on opposite sides of a busy road. But as memorable as that battle was, the celebration that went down when the war ended looms just as large in Bahuaca's memory. Diego had long been a party town full of French legionnaires, Creole people with mixed Malagasy, French, and Réunion ancestry. There was all sorts of music, including a popular dance called Garadec. The dance involved stopping in place and then lunging forward when performed by a crowd at a bal poussière, a dust dance, or in a public parade, it was impressive. Il est créole qui voyait ça en gros la masse. Il dit "Monte, salégué. Oh salégué. Oui oui oui, salégué. Salé, salégué." Now here, Bawaka challenges Rossi's idea that the word salégué means nothing. Bahuaca says that in 1945, when the Creole people saw this huge procession of dancers making their way to the stadium to celebrate the end of the war and dancing Gadadeki, they exclaimed, isn't that beautiful? 
or as it came out in Creole. Sinjaka Selegi, an early 90s track from the group Sinjaka, led by guitarist Freddy de Majunga, who mixes Selegi with Congolese music. Before that, we heard new work from Razia Said, who grew up in the northeast of Madagascar, but now lives in New York City. So, Bahuaka tells one story about the origin of the word Selegi. And as a first-hand witness to all this history, he's not easily dismissed. But that was just the start of what this unusual old guy had to show and tell us. For one thing, he regaled us with songs, waltzes, segas, salegis, his impression of the Muslim call to prayer long heard in Diego Suarez, and even a passage from the Bible's Book of Paul, which he set to the music of Franz Schubert. At his advanced age, Bahuaka can't play any of his instruments the way he once did. But how about that sweet voice? The guy has soul. He told us that all island songs are carried in by the wind and usually have a hint of sadness about them, something to do with separation, I imagine. It struck me that nearly everything Bahuaka played was either in 3-4 or 6-8 time, like Salegi, but his favorite mode seemed to be the waltz, literally. de France qu'ils ont on a mis des esclaves d'ici et, et berger là-bas et, et prisonniers à la Réunion. <musique> 
With Bahuaca, everything relates to history. The reason Sega music from Réunion sounds like Selegi is that French kings took slaves from Madagascar to Réunion, and the captives brought with them the songs of the northern Malagasy countryside. Voyez-vous, nous avons nos ancêtres autres. Et arrive à ses ancêtres autres. Despite his obvious love for European music, values, and religion, Bawaka proudly asserts that the ancestors of northern Madagascar are indeed more African than Indonesian. Africa is in our blood, he says. When the Marana came and conquered us from Antananarivo, they brought their own way of singing, but we already had ours. Bawaka was a school teacher in the early 70s, and one of his students turned out to be the future Salegi maestro, Giuseppe Jojobi. Jojobi? Oh, c'est un doué. Il est doué. J'ai pas compris sa vision. Bawaka says he could tell right away Jojobi was gifted, but he didn't understand his vision, his dedication to Salegi. Later on, Bawaka realized that this young man was destined to become the greatest champion the music has yet known. Quand je suis arrivé à Diego Suarez en 1970, j'ai fait accompagner par un orchestre les chansons traditionnelles du village. Jojobi says when he arrived in Diego in 1970, at age 15, he was playing these 6-8 village songs, accompanied by a band with accordion and organ, and they called it Selegi. He'd come to Diego to study, but very soon he became immersed in nightlife. He sang with a band called Los Matadores. Le mot espagnol ou... Eh bien là, comme un client... On avait les militaires français, les légionnaires, les marins et les riches euh, malgaches aussi. Los Matadores played for French soldiers, legionnaires, marines and rich Malagasy. And they played it all. The jerk, rhythm and blues, waltz, paso doble, cha-cha, what they call the slow. Also Indian Ocean Sega and of course Salegi. Jojobi's real career wouldn't take off until he arrived in Antananarivo in 1980, but his progression from the village to Bahuaca's classroom and the nightclubs of Diego Suarez is inseparable from his success. On Saturday morning, Bahuaca took us to École Zumare, a music and dance school for kids. The space is on loan one day a week from a local Catholic church. Most of the instruments and instructor's fees have been donated by patrons from Ile de la Réunion. That relationship, going back to pre-colonial times, remains strong today. We arrived to find Hervé, a young musician, teaching kids a French accordion number.
European music gives kids the basics, but Malagasy traditional music is the core of the Zumare curriculum, as we learned when the instructors played a selegi and a group of young girls danced in graceful formation. This was dancing Sammy would have approved. Every performance at École Zumaré ends with what Bahuaca calls the school bravo. C'était joué quand nous avons été petits en 1942. Africans heard the song and took it back to the mainland. It became a hit when Manu Dubango recorded it. heard in Tana about how little instruction kids get concerning traditional music, École Zumaré was an encouraging find. There are images of the school in a photo essay of Diego Suarez you can find on our website, afropop.org. When we left Zumaré, Bahuaca took us to the home of one of the school's star students, a teenage accordionist who already has his own stage name, Candela. Under the supervision of his mother and with neighbors and family members accompanying, Candela led a performance of a selegi he composed to encourage young Malagasy to protect the environment. Progressive kid and talented.
Candela and Group Sumare from Diego Suarez, Madagascar. Visit Afropop.org to see a video of Candela and his group and find out more about Hip Deep in Madagascar. Coming up, the outstanding guitarist Hajaz and Jojobi and Ali Murad live at Joe's Pub. I'm Georges Collinet and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. One thing you have to say about Diego Suarez, turn on the radio on a weekend night and you're going to hear a lot of Salegi and other forms of tropical Malagasy music. The complaints we heard in Antananarive that most of the music on radio is foreign, well, do not seem to apply in this northern port. But here's something you won't likely hear on any Malagasy radio station. A brilliant veteran of the music scene who charts a course all his own. That's guitar phenomenon Hajaz from a CD he recorded at his home in Diego Suarez. The song and the CD are both titled Pompier or Fireman. On a besoin de pompiers pour pour le pour le manque d'eau. Pour le manque d'eau, on a besoin de pompiers pour les les braquages partout là qui tuent les gens. On a besoin de pompiers. On a besoin. Ajaz says his song works on many levels. He's talking about water issues and the burning of the rainforest. But on a more basic level, it's a cry for help from the people of Madagascar. Pompier, pompier. Fireman, fireman, Madagascar needs relief from its conflicts, its political woes, its security problems, and its environmental crisis. Ajaz comes from a hyper-musical family. When he and his siblings were growing up, they lived in many different parts of Madagascar and learned traditional music from every region. Ajaz and his brothers mixed Malagasy music with jazz in the group Solo Miral, famous for its groundbreaking experimentation. Ça fait longtemps qu'on joue des diatoniques simples. Mais pour moi, ça ne veut pas dire que je n'aime pas les diatoniques simples. Hajaz has long been interested in advancing Malagasy music beyond its diatonic roots. He has introduced more complex jazz harmony and a special tuning system his older brother created. He's happy now that a number of young guitarists are following his lead and he encourages them to experiment too. At the same time, he's determined to stay true to his Malagasy roots. Hajaz says that for all the musical variations in Madagascar, there is one common thread. The music almost always follows the vocal melody. 
Ça, c'est George Benson, il y a déjà longtemps, ça. <laughs> Ajaz says, Malagasy musicians have been doing the George Benson thing since before there was George Benson. And he showed off his knowledge of different Malagasy styles, demonstrating how each one uses this technique. Here's his take on the Lokanga fiddle of the Antandrui in the far south. of the Betsileo music of Fianaratsu. Fianaratsu? And how about Tsapik music from Tulea? And of course, Hajaz is all over Salegi music. Jazz has a special affection for the style of Rakutuzaf, master of the Valivata or Maruvan. Wow, what a pleasure to sit with Ajaz in his peaceful home in Diego, taking a virtual tour of the entire island through the magic of his finger-picking. Ajaz has figured a way to bind two guitars together. He tunes each one differently and plays one through a looping pedal to create an accompaniment. Then he cuts loose with free-flying improvisations. Have a listen. Thank you. 
Salut, hello, manarona. Je m'appelle Ajaz, un musicien guitariste de Madagascar. Je suis avec Afropop et j'adore. J'adore you too, the amazing Ajaz. Ok, time to pick up the Salegi story again. Back in Tana at Joe's Pub. As we mentioned, Jojobi moved to Antananarive in 1980. He took a job as a radio announcer, but pretty soon he and his band were a huge success all over the country. In the 90s, they began to tour internationally, and in 2009, he opened his nightclub. After 44 years on the microphone, Jojob has earned his title, the King of Salegi, but he doesn't like it. La presse à Madagascar m'appelle le roi du Salig. Jojob says the press calls him the king, but he's not the best. If he's more famous than others, it's because he's the one who began to export Salegi to the world. Aujourd'hui, il y a mes jeunes frères, mes jeunes sœurs qui sont montés. Il y a par exemple le groupe Wawa, le groupe Fandram. Jojobi says that today in Madagascar, the spotlight is on his young brothers and sisters, Fandrama, Jerry Marcos, Vayavi Chila, Dance Mena. Salegi has evolved with a new energy. These new stars are dynamic. He says they're killers. Speaking of dynamic, 
That's Stan Smena, one of the most original artists to emerge from the Salegi scene. This song, Swage, is not really Salegi at all, but it's a brilliant send-up of popular fashion crazes. Swage is slang for Malagasy swagger. And in her video, Tan Smena goes all out. Man, you have to see this, I tell you. Check afropop.org for a link. the dance floor. Another of the young lions of Salegi, Jojo mentioned, is this guy, Ali Murad. Just like Jax, the artist who began this program, Ali, identifies his sound as Saleguma. Ali says Saleguma is the rhythm of Diego Suarez and the surrounding countryside. People played for fun in the family, and he gave us a demonstration. Adi is 30 and he's played music all his life. He started on drums in a local Salegi group up north and launched his own band in 2009, making hits right away with peppy love songs like this. Adirane, Adirane, Adobe, Adirane, Adirane, Adobe, Tiakono Zobe, Zobirala Mina, Adobe, Hanga Butang Manrombo, Hanga Butang Manrombo, Tindia, Tindia Rombo, 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 Rombo. When we met Ali, he was about to go on stage at Joe's pub, Jojobi's nightclub near the university in Tana. But like Jojobi himself, Ali says the Saligi of his generation. Is different. Donc zingi salegi tam ni andra talua. Izi karazangu yiritmani jok bijo job kwa. Ali says young singers have heated up salegi music. They put the emphasis on rhythm, vocal improvisation, and interaction with the audience. He doesn't buy the idea that young Malagasy are only interested in foreign sounds. Ali says he's proud to be young and Malagasy. And young Malagasy are proud of their local rhythms. That was certainly the case for the young dancing crowd that showed up for his performance that night. Have a listen. Mademoiselle, 
Ali Murad with live Saleh Guma at Joe's Pub in Antananarive. Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art, and PRI, Public Radio International affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. One day in Tana, Jojo invited us to his club on a Sunday afternoon to meet some of the musical members of his family, starting with his lovely daughter, Eusebia, who manages Joe's pub while working on her debut recording. She gave us a taste. <laughs> Zedia Jojob with members of the Jojob clan, including Luca Jojob on guitar. As the family set up to give us a live concert, it soon became clear that not all Jojob's kids are towing the Salegi line. Here's his daughter, Charlene. Well, it's not what we were expecting, but the lady can sing. Before long, the band shifted into Salegi mode. Jojob was keen to show off the family, but he did take the stage briefly and rocked. Whoa, 
Whoa! <laughs> you know Joe Job is especially proud of his wife, Claudine, who leads her own band, Saramba. Even when we go on tour, my wife is a leader of a traditional group, you know, they play the Saleh with accordion, drums, yeah, yeah. But she still stays in my band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we work together, we, we sleep together. <laughs> yeah, Africa. Tara, Miaraka Tara Saramba e Jojo. And Claudine agrees. Saramba and Jojobi, a match made in heaven. And we wind up our Salegi program with Saramba and the Jojobi family live on stage at Joe's pub. Thank you, Jojobi, and thanks to your band, your family, and your staff for all the hospitality and advice. Thanks to HipDip advisors, Victor Randianari and Pierre Larson. Thanks also to Sami, Hervé, Mathieu, and especially Zanabawaka Victor for their help in Diego Suarez. Thanks also to Razia Saïd, Jonathan Loncor, and our Kickstarter backers for supporting HipDip in Madagascar and Morgan Greenstreet and Jesse Brent for transcription help. Visit afropop.org for much more Hip Deep in Madagascar, including our exclusive podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Banning Air, with help from Sean. 
And join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Our chief audio engineer and co-producer is Michael Jones. Additional engineering by Mike Kaplan and Stephanie Lebeau. Banning Air edits our website, afropop.org. Our producer for new media is Sam Backer. And I'm Georges Collinet. One sad note to add, we recently learned that singer Rasua Kininiki, an artist featured in our program on Sapik Music, has died in a car accident. Rasua was a key figure in making Sapik a national music in Madagascar, and fittingly, she was mourned all over the country. Public Radio International.